You ask a mediocre CEO what makes them successful and they'll tell you about the strategy. They'll tell you about their execution. They'll tell you about their team. You ask a brilliant CEO or somebody that really knows what's going on, you ask them what made them successful and they'll tell you that they never quit. This is the Insurance Technology Podcast, where we bring interesting people from across the insurance ecosystem to discuss and debate technology's impact on the industry. Join us each episode for insights and best practices from industry stewards and tomorrow's innovators. And we're back with Will Shaw once again. In this episode, we get advice for insure tech founders just starting in the business. And we get to hear a little bit more about Will, what's, what he does outside of better agency. Stay tuned. I mean, you guys have done a lot. You've, you've, done, you've built a lot of automation in your program. It's cool. It's modern tech. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't start to move up market. So what do you see? What's, what's, the, what's the crystal ball, Will? You get acquired at some point from, from a large strategic? I know you get this question all the time. Would yeah. you sell to a strategic? You know, is that opportunity there? I mean, do you foresee that? Or do you go after it and crush them? It's, I know? mean, it's always out there. I, I'll, I'll say this because, like, we did. I, I mentioned this earlier. We raised 500k. We did a seed round last year. We, ra- we raised a little bit more. If I if it was about the money and getting acquired, I just wouldn't have raised money because I would have I would own more and I take this thing a little bit slower and I would uh, I would sell to strategic in the space. Right? We know the big names. There's other names in this play. There's plenty of PE firms. Yep. Like. I'm going to take this as far as we can go. I don't know what the, I don't know what it looks like. I know I'm very clear on our next three years. Um, and like, I, I know everybody says this. I know I never sell to a Vertifor applied and I want to go and, you know, be a real third player to Vertifor apply. That's what everybody says. I don't know if that's in their game. What's that? I used to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that. What I'm going to sit here and say is like, the direct-to-consumer model is failing. Geico is rolling out local offices. Yep. Captives are moving independent. There's more smaller insurance agencies popping up, and that trend is going to continue. And what we want to do is, is help be at the forefront of making it so that by 2030, every policy is sold through an independent. And I think that's not like a, a far-fetched like dream scenario for the independent insurance agencies. I think the insurance industry is going to grow, and that sounds good. I think that's going to be a lot of in, a lot of competition for insurance agencies out there. I think that there's going to be more M and A activity on insurance agencies that don't get their act together. Um, but I want to be at the forefront of that. I want to deliver on the technology that allows an independent to really have the same technology and provide the same experience that a direct to consumer uh, insure tech can provide. Um, and so whatever that means, if that means we get acquired, that means we don't get acquired, if that means we compete, if that means we don't ever compete, like I don't view an agency as having to have a CRM or an AMS. And that's what we're commonly referred to. I think what an insurance agency needs is a platform to help them grow and a platform to help them be successful, however they define that. And so that's kind of what we're trying to create and kind of see where it takes us. And I'm not going anywhere at this point. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with this problem. I, I view you as probably the same. That's probably why you're back in the industry. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to solve the problems that have been created here. Um, and I think this is really an industry that people should be looking at and being like, I want to get into insurance because it's a great opportunity for me and my family. And instead of looking at like, oh, I just fell in insurance or 
oh, I'm in insurance, I'm stuck, and it's just a place to play golf. Like, no, real opportunities are created here, and I want to be a part of that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, Not the bad on golf. Like, I'd love to go play golf, too. I just want to. <laughs> um, so give some advice to, to, the, to the young bucks out there that are, that are starting startups and aren't as, as, as far along as you. What kind of yeah. advice would you give? To these guys i would say uh i saw something earlier today and i think i think this is true you ask a mediocre ceo what makes them successful and they'll tell you about the strategy they'll tell you about their execution they'll tell you about their team you 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 ask a brilliant ceo or somebody that really knows what's going on you ask them what made them successful and they'll tell you that they never quit and i think that's the reality in life and i don't startups are any different. I think you have to push through and I think it's going to be hard and I think it's difficult. And I think, you know, depending on what time of day you ask me on whether I like my job or not, you're going to get a different answer. Like it's a, it's an emotional roller coaster on an hour by hour basis. Right now I like my job, but I guarantee you within the next three hours, I'm going to hate my job. Like it's just the way it is. Uh, and you've got to be willing to push through that. And you've got to be dedicated enough to what you're trying to work on is important enough to push through that. Because it is a real sacrifice. And if it was like about money or if it was about like, you know, whatever, I like I would have quit a long time ago because it just wouldn't make sense to pursue this. Like you, you only want like you've got to really be passionate about something to bash your head against the wall continuously. And that's what running a startup is like um, and getting off the ground. And it's, uh, um, you know, the one thing I'll say is, that, you know, it it took us two years to get to our first million dollars in revenue. It took us eight months to get to our next million and continues to get shorter and shorter to get to our next million. Um, and I've seen that across the board with other companies. And so that, you know, getting it off the ground is the hardest part. And you just start, you just try to keep figuring it out. You solve more problems, just be a problem solver. Um, be a problem solver, both for what you're providing in your software, but be a problem solver for your business. If you can solve enough problems, you can last long enough to give yourself more opportunities. If you stop solving problems, you're going to run out of opportunities and you're going, to, you're going to have to fold your business. But if you keep solving problems, you can keep playing the game. The longer you play the game, the better your odds are of being successful. That's kind of, I view it like a poker game. Just keep, just stay alive. That's awesome advice, man. It is, it's easier said than done. And I think a yeah. lot of people don't realize, you know, coming into it, the pain you have to endure um, in, in a startup and, like you said, all the pushback, you know, and there's so many times where you're just like, are they right? Like, should I just like quit? Like, you know what's is funny? I, stupid, you know? I agree. Yeah. Like it, it dawned on me like a month or two ago, like the easy part is putting in the hours. Like everybody talks about, like, you know, you got to be okay putting in 40, 50, 60 hours. Yeah. That happens sometimes. That's not the hard part. Mm-mm. The hard part is going home at five o'clock and trying to not look at my phone and be a hundred percent present for my wife and my two year old daughter. Oh yeah. That's the hard part. That that going home and trying to do that at the end of a day when you're up at four and you're going through that, like the hard part's not the work. The hard part is go to try to be present. They're present on the weekends. Be present to your family. Be present to the other things that matter because what happens, you get in a dangerous place when it's like your startup or bust and that's all yeah. you end up caring about and everything else sacrifices. That's what happened to me with football, honestly. It's like it was football or bust and I ended up in a bad mental place. Um, I think the work is the easy part, but trying to be able to keep a balance in your life and keep perspective and be present for those moments with your family or whatever is important to you is, is the real tough part. 
it's really tough. I was um, a friend of mine, good friend of mine, was looking at getting involved in this startup, fresh startup, and um, I flew out and and hung out. He's like, "Hey, I want you to come and meet the CEO." So we're so I'm sitting down, you know, we're having a bunch of drinks. Dude invites us over to his house, blah blah blah. And this guy's just straight corporate. He's always been corporate. He's um he's just starting his first startup. He saved up some money, you know, got a mortgage out on the house, you yeah. know, um, equity line to to fund this thing, right? And I'm I'm kind of talking to him and and um, I meet his wife as well and nice people, good people. But it became real apparent that they have they had no idea what's to come and yeah. and the amount of uh, pressure that's going to put on their family and yeah. their life. It's not like you know it was him working at you know one of these really large organizations. It's very different, and it's funny. I, I found myself coaching the guy's wife on on what what this is going to look like yeah. in, in the next year and like they're like what do you mean like no like we have it off no it's not it doesn't work that way yeah right and um ultimately um my my buddy did end up he, he was he took on the position of cto for this company and it just fell apart the whole yeah. thing you know it's- it was because of that it really it, was. It's tough. I tell people all the time when you start a startup, it's not just you. Your what your no. spouse is your spouse is starting a startup. Because, like, listen, I went through. We launched in 2019. I was doing a bunch of side work to pay bills because I didn't. I didn't make a dollar from salary in 2019, 2020. It wasn't until 2021 I started making two grand a month. Um, <laughs> and that, and during that time, we sold the house, remodeled a house, went through COVID, had a daughter. Like my wife was fully like prepared, like, I'm probably going to make no money. Uh, unfortunately, we were able to handle that uh, and kind of like weather that storm. Um, and now I, I get a paycheck uh, from better agency, which is nice. Uh, but like, it, it is like, when you start a startup, like it's, it is tough. Like you gotta, you, your spouse is starting that startup as well. Cause she's, they're going to be a part oh, of yeah. it. That's right. That's right. And I mean, I, I think, advice when you're starting out is you guys have to be on the same page that look at least for me man no matter how hard you try you're gonna bring that shit home i mean i don't care who you are you're going to bring that shit home and it's i mean dude you're talking about you know friday at at at, you know noon you need to come up with 200 grand to to make payroll for your team you know you're already not getting paid i gotta find money And, and i'm like dude this is a real story for me i'm calling friends and family like can I borrow 200 grand? And they're just hammering you fucking like loser. Like, what do you mean? How do you lot have, you know, right. and, um, and just, just pounding through that, getting it done. It's like, whoo, coming home, sitting down at dinner and, you know, yeah, you got to be there, man. And it is not easy. You it's know, it, it is tough to be that. I think that's the hard part. Like how do you, how do you figure out how to, you know, don't, don't lie to yourself and say you can't bring it home. Like, don't lie to yourself and yeah. say you won't. Like, this is not realistic. I, I'm a verbal processor. My wife is very, like, she is not employed by better agency. But, like, I've never seen a startup work if you're married, if you have a spouse. I've never seen a startup be successful if you're not successful in your home life. If you've got turmoil going on in your home life, I've never seen somebody be able to run a successful business and have turmoil at home. Like, it takes both. I just, I haven't, I haven't seen it work. 100%, dude. It's, um... You got to have the support system, you know, and have an understanding around it. And, uh, 
it takes a lot. It takes a lot out of you. And, and I think you're right. You got to just keep fighting, man. You got to keep yeah. pushing. You know, the other thing that people don't understand is that as a founder and, and CEO, you have a bigger family outside of your personal yeah. life. You know, you're taking care of these people's families as well. Right. And you're responsible for that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a lot. So no, it's super good advice, man. So, um, all right. A couple more questions, Will. Then we'll, yeah. then we'll get out of here. What do you do for fun these days? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I would love to say, like, I get up into Colorado and Montana and Idaho and go snowboarding all winter long. The reality is I don't. I get, <laughs> two, I get like, one or two days. And, and I make the most of it. I'm a big, like, backcountry hiker and, like, nice. snowboarder. Like, we go we go camping. We're in avalanche gear. We'll hella ski, stuff like that. But Oh, um, wow. We'll get up there. Uh, I wish I could say I get to play golf. I don't play golf anymore. Uh, it's I just don't have. There's a there's a severe like the efficiency of my life that I try to operate in is it, there's not a lot of time. So what I do for fun, like I'm very my morning routine is like my favorite thing. I'm very big on like getting up early, not just to get up early, but I get up early so that I can do my thing. So I get the things that are important to me done before I look at better agency stuff. Like I get up. You know, I get up at four thirty, five o'clock. I can do my, I can do my meditation. I can do my Bible study. I can go to the gym. I can read. I can journal. I do all that stuff. And it takes a long time uh, all morning, and then I can wake my daughter up every morning. So I'm really big on that. Um, I'd say that what I do for fun is honestly like I, I am having my daughter's about to turn two next month, and it's an absolute blast right now. Like yeah. I got to take her, I like, took her up to the mountain, got her on skis, and she's oh, starting to awesome. figure out life and like kick a soccer ball and like play around with some plastic golf clubs, like anything athletic that she wants to do. Like I'm all in on it. It's like, you know, uh, so right now that's really, that's really where I get a lot of joy. Um, so that's where I try to spend my time because I'm, I'm really intentional on that right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. What's um, so last question. What's your favorite drink? Hey everyone. It's Kristen. I'm here to remind everyone that InsureTech Boston is back for 2024. We are going to be live at the House of Blues on May 7th with the doors opening at 1 p.m. So no excuse because you don't have to be there early. Tickets are available now at InsureTechBoston.com. Hope to see you there. What's my favorite drink? Do you drink? I do. I, I do. Um, <laughs> I, so, I mean, to go along with the theme of like growing up with a father that's like traveled internationally and spoke language. I married, my wife is from France. Um, okay. We speak French in our household to our daughter. Like, so she's a big wino. So like I was never into wine. Now I love red wine. Um, uh, wine and cheese is like my love language at this point. Like that's always around our house. Um, but like my my favorite drink is probably... My favorite drink is probably a Belvini, twenty-one uh, year old agent, like in uh, in the and finished uh, agent of in um, sherry cask and finished in the port cask. Uh, that is my favorite. I'm a big Scotch guy. Uh, that is probably my favorite drink. 
I think that's the most specific answer I've ever gotten on this podcast. I bought that bottle like four years ago. It's only halfway through. Like it's a very special occasion where like that is my favorite drink. And so something good has happened if I have that or I, something bad has very happened if I have that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, no. Hey, look, this has been really good, Will. Appreciate you coming on. You guys are crushing it. Um, keep, keep after it, man. You know, you're doing what you did and you've always done and just keep pushing forward. And um, it shows you guys have in a short period of time have really made a great name for yourselves and are building a really great business. And so in a, in a very hard place to compete in as well. And I'm, I, I say that from experience, yeah. you know, um, so congrats on the I success. Appreciate that. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Wow. Well, that was awesome. Will Shaw. What a guest over those three episodes. We really got to learn about Will. And I think, you know, I said it all the way throughout, but the drive this guy has and the passion to just win is just amazing. And I mean, he's done so much in his career and overcome so much. It's just wild. And one of the things that sticks out to me too, is just hearing about his time at the NFL and how he said, man, everything, everybody is at the top of their game from the, the, you know, the, the catering to everything. And so it just kind of living in that was, was really interesting. You know, what else is funny is that during this episode or dur- during this interview, Will was actually going through a little something. He was working on something. Kristen, this is new news as of a couple of days ago. What happened there? Yeah, so it, it's kind of interesting that you asked him whether he was uh, looking to to grow or to uh, to be acquired. But uh, on May second of twenty two, Better Agency raises eight million in Series A financing. So this was huge news and uh, great for for Will and and everybody over at Better Agency. That's that's so awesome. I mean, those guys are going to crush it. Like, there's no doubt about it. I mean, now he's now he's got the cash. To go make it make it really happen. Not that he wasn't before, but we all know having that dry powder in the bank, you can do a lot with eight million bucks, right? What did you think, Kristen? What did you think about the the episodes and Will? Yeah, you know, so this is the the first time that I was able to kind of ask questions about the person um, in the beginning, and he's just he's a really interesting person. But I think you know he put a lot of why he thinks he is where he is from his experiences. But I think some of it was just innate in him, you know, even how he got to the NFL. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I had said to you, I feel like, you know, you don't, you don't make it into uh, the draft, right. He doesn't, (laughs) he, he gets rejected from a couple schools. Like I would have like quit trying to get to the NFL way before he did, but he kept his drive was there and he kept going. And, you know, to be able to say that you, you were on the Eagles is, is quite an amazing story. Just brutal. Like living in a hotel and like having like a, a a relationship far away. Right. Just wild. Right. And he just kept pushing. I mean, you're right. I don't know. I've been through a lot. I feel like I pushed through stuff. <laughs> At some point, I would have been like, this is it. Right. I mean, you know, or, or them, or them, you know, they, they what? They don't find out if they're going to make the team because they don't want to pay them. Like, that has to be the most stressful thing ever is like, are, is Tuesday going to come and you just don't have a job anymore? <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't know this was even a thing. 
You know, it's just, it's so wild. It's so wild. What a good dude though. I mean, so what do you think about, you know, as we've kind of talked to founders of new insure techs and, and founders of the original insurance technology companies, are you starting to see any kind of trend there with all of them, with all the people we've interviewed thus far? Yeah. I mean, I think you said it when we were talking to Doug Roller, but you know, it's just good people. And I think you can, I think you have to be a good person if you're going to be in a services related organization, because at the end of the day, it comes down to those relationships. It comes down to, you know, providing a service to your customers. Um, And, you know, I love that, that Will's like, I don't want to be an AMS or a CRM. I just want to be able to help agencies. And I think, you know, again, that goes back to some of the founders, right? They're, they were trying to solve problems to make people's lives better. Yeah. Solving real problems yeah. and not focusing on the shiny objects and whatnot. That's interesting. You're right. And, you know, you can't fake being a good person. I mean, you can for a little bit, but it catches up to you. It's not to say that bad people aren't successful, but I don't know. Maybe it's just this industry or maybe it's just a business thing in general, like people that start these things and change industries and and do really cool stuff and become really successful. They are good people. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, it could just be this industry. I mean, I haven't worked in other industries quite as long as I've been in the insurance industry, but it seems like everybody making sure you don't burn bridges is very important in this industry, right? Because everybody is interconnected some way. You know, I've worked with people um, at my, my first job that have come full circle and all of a sudden I'm working with them again as clients. So, um, you know, I'm sure that there's other industries out there that are like that, but it's, I forget which one of our, <laughs> our past guests said it, but it's, it's a big industry, but that's fairly small. If you think about, you know, the people that are, that are influencing and, and working in it. So it's crazy that you say that because I've been reading this book. It's called The Daily Laws by Robert Greene. Real quick, simple stuff just to kind of like reorient yourself, right? And literally this morning, no joke, I read this and it says, Daily Law, swallow the impulse to offend even if the other person seems weak. The satisfaction is meager compared to the danger that someday he or she will be in a position to hurt you. Isn't that crazy? It's basically talking about, and it goes into explain what that is. And that's May 5th. If anybody wants to pick up the book and read it, it goes into explain that like, you know, it comes back around and bites you in the ass. Right. And it, you know, if, if you offend somebody and you're, you're a bad person, someone, you never know who you're going to, who, who they're going to become or when you're going to meet that person again. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it is being a good person in that way, but it's easier said than done. Right. I think sometimes we judge and, and we look at people and, and, and we, we think, you know, things and, but just shut your freaking mouth. Don't do it because it'll bite you in the ass in the end. It's so funny. You said that it's crazy. Well, and then, you know, coming back around to, to Will, right? So you brought it up. He didn't just talk about the people that impacted him in the NFL as being coaches and trainers. It was everybody, right? Down to, you know, mm-hmm. the the cleaning crew and the people that were cooking the meals, right? So everybody has their role. Um, and, you know, it's 
it doesn't matter what role you have. It's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what an awesome guest. Really, really good. There's a new agency management system in town, among others, and we'll have more to come. According but to Will, it's not an Will agency management system. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forget. I forget. <laughs> we need, I mean, this industry needs acronyms. We need to have an acronym for this thing, right? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, just, just to make it a better experience for agents, right? So. <laughs> hey, that's why it's better agency. There you go. Right? <laughs> The Insurance Technology Podcast is a production of Ivan's. Visit insuretechpod.com to contact us, suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming show, and subscribe to be notified when our latest podcast is available. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. It's where you can also leave us a rating and a review that helps other people find the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.